Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Yes. It would mark two vital steps towards baseball's return. All you need to know is that the NBA and Major League Baseball are taking steps to get now back on the Chris field. Polaris Studio. Here is Ryan Tutel and Colter Nuanes. I think that's a new record for talking over pre-recorded pieces. Twice in 32 seconds. Uh, I'm so good at this, man. Because <laughs> I'm highly educated at it. That's what happens when you guys just, just hire some schlub writer off the street and tell him he's got to be on TV. Just the nine talk on the radio. Gosh, don't you know that I need like a hundred thousand reps to be good at anything? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that's that's the yeah. uh, that's the key, I guess, for all of us. Practice makes better. It's two telling new one. It's one or two nine ESPN Radio. Outstanding to be with you on a Friday afternoon. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Thanks for being with us. Welcome to your weekend as we are over 5 o'clock on the uh, Friday deal. So, uh, you know, first of all, if you're working, that's uh, something to be thankful for. And, uh, you know, if this turns out to be uh, one of those 9 to 5ers uh, on the Monday through Friday deal, not me, dude. I'm grinding till 6, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Push all the way through. So Big, big time grinding, you know, dude. Think, think about how nice your life is. If, you, if you're done working now and I'm still here just... Flipping that I, I know you've been going hard during the quarantine, too, just really on the streets, hustling. I have been hustling. Everybody's been hustling. But, you know, it's been mostly from my couch. It's 2 Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Hey, if you missed anything in the first hour, give it a listen on the podcast. The 2 Tell Nuanas podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. It's available all the time. Rate, review, subscribe. We appreciate that. Podcast available thanks to Blackfoot. Uh, if you would like to call, 361-3688, the phone number. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. And uh, if you would like to listen live, you can do so on the World Wide Web, 1029ESPN.com. You got the Listen Live tab. It's called a stream. You can listen to the show from your tablet, device, etc. All the time, whenever you would like to, you can listen to the ESPN radio and our show live as well. Thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity uh, Coulter, 
Danny Sprinkle, the head coach of the Montana State Bobcats, had a Zoom press conference, I believe it was Wednesday. Coach DeCure, was his on Monday or was it Friday last week? It's all blurring together. Tuesday. Tuesday? It was on my birthday, remember? No, I clearly do not. I mean, I remember that you had a birthday, then <laughs> I don't know. But in any case, uh, very very close uh, and, and probably a good time to do it and, and touch base just kind of in general with the with what's going on with the program and, and life and, uh, yes, certainly the last dance as well. Uh, but one thing that's coming up here uh, is the, the ruling that's going to be coming down on the NCAA regarding the transfer rule. Mm-hmm. And right now, as we know, if you transfer uh, within division, and again, there's, there's no FCS, FBS in basketball, so unless totally. you're going from a JC or something like that, it is the same division. So you have to sit out a year you, you, unless you get a waiver for some reason. And they hand those waivers out. But uh, the standard is is that you have to sit out for a year. And by the way, that year is a year of eligibility unless mm-hmm. it's your redshirt year. So uh, it's significant. And the ruling that's expected to come down is going to uh, do away with that, that there will not be uh, a, a year uh, delay in in order to become eligible to play that you'll be eligible right away and you can transfer basically free of charge or whatever you want however you want to talk about it let's play this from coach sprinkle first and talk about it. i think part of the question is included but i think his his concern over this is interesting and valid you know i think some of the schools in major markets have a have more of an advantage because uh, especially kids like if they transfer we're not necessarily a transfer destination where the schools in LA or Portland, you know, Texas, like to major cities, like that's where the kids want to go. And especially if it's a kid trying to get home. And so, you know, I think they're, you know, the transfer market scares, it scares me from, uh, I think, and it's going to pass the one-time transfer rule where kids are going to be able to transfer probably in a couple of weeks and just be eligible to go wherever they want right away and be eligible. Um, we're basically going to be like a farm system for the power five schools. Um, and even some of the high major schools, they need to watch it too, because some of the blue bloods, they're just going to come take their players, you know? And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's necessarily going to be, it's good because the kids have options. You know, I know they complain a lot about coaches leaving and things like that. And, you know, and I think the NCAA does need to make a rule where if there is a coaching change that the kids can go transfer right away and be eligible. Um, but, you know, other than that, it'd probably be better for them to sit a year because now we don't know what our roster is going to look like year to year. You know, you you might you you do a great job recruiting a high school kid, and you develop him for two years. You're basically developing him for the Pac-12 because they're just going to come take him, and so that that's what's scary. You know, and they just have so many more resources and a lot more money than we do to where, you know, that's that's facilities and stuff. That's what kids want to see nowadays. It's going to affect football, too. So there you go. Uh, Danny Sprinkle talking about the transfer. And there's there's a lot there, and I think a lot of reasonable concerns. I I understand the premise of what he's getting at, and yeah. I do think that it's a real concern. But I also think that one thing that particularly the coaches around here that we cover, maybe are underplaying, which is interesting because they play it up so much in recruiting – Missoula and Bozeman are two of the great college towns in the United States. I mean, these are great college towns. If you ever co- go to either town, it blows away a lot of places you could go to school. No doubt. And 
there's been guys without the transfer rule that have been, I mean, Dakota Prukop's the only dude who's gone and played in the, in the Pac-12 out of the two Montana-Montana State. With since the graduate that, tra- you're just talking about any sport, football, basketball, right? Whatever. Okay. All I'm saying is like, there's been a lot of guys that could have left. I mean, Dante Olson is a good enough student as well as a good enough player that he could have gone and played at Oregon, Oregon State last year. Certainly, guys like Tyler Hall. I mean, Tyler Hall could have gone and played. Tyler Hall had options to go play at Illinois, Indiana. I mean, you're talking Big Ten schools, and he didn't. Because he wanted to stay at Montana State. He liked mm-hmm. Montana State. He wanted to play in the big sky. And so I, I just I think that it is a concern for guys that maybe don't have their priorities straight or that chose these schools for not the right reasons. But if guys chose the schools for the right reasons, I think more often than not, you're going to stay. See, I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying because I think what this does is puts a premium on coaches to find – for lack of a better term, program guys. And pro- right. program can mean everything. It can mean the school itself academically. It can mean, the, the obviously, the basketball side of it. But it can also mean the community, the place, you know, the, the, the state, whatever it might be. But that, I think, has been an emphasis, but will only just need to be the more so. Because when you... If you are recruiting exclusively, exclusively and explicitly based on what is the highest level of talent that you can get... Mm-hmm. Which is obviously, I mean, you want that too. You need that too. Um, you know, if you, you when you get kids that are, are are you know feel like that they were overlooked, and now all of a sudden they're getting a look as sophomores, you know, in college, I think I think that worry is valid, and so I think playing up the, the at least equally the right fit for the program is good. The other thing that Coach DeCure said, he said, you know. Here's the thing, like, we're the best team. You know, he's speaking about his team, of course, so he's saying we're the best team in the Big Sky Conference, Montana. What if I just want to go get Trayvon Allen out of Idaho and say, like, hey, man, you, you're you a great basketball player on a bad basketball team. Come play your senior year with us, right. win a bunch of games, be great, and we'll just stack the conference players. I mean, you talk about going to different levels, but you're talking about guys going – within in the same conference potentially just to other teams because they want to win or whatever the whatever those decisions might totally. be and i think i think you're asking for some very uncomfortable handshakes post game if if that sort of stuff happens but it's it's absolutely on the table to happen yeah i think the other thing is that we sometimes we talk about these young men and young women like they're commodities rather than humans when you're in college, there's all sorts of things that are going into it. Like these guys, football, basketball players, it's a grind. You have to commit an incredible amount of time to it. It defines you in a lot of ways, but also it doesn't in a lot of ways. Yeah. What if you just really love the history department at the University of Montana? You think your professors are great. You're having a great time in all your classes. You know, what if you just, you're way above. You met somebody and now you got a, you got a girlfriend, other, right. right? I mean, that's the thing that I think that people don't, that's one thing that I think people don't take into account is, sure. is the significant other thing. I, mean, I think that has such a huge impact on, I mean, as we know, when you're a young person. Yeah. I mean, Preston Gailey played uh, defensive end for the Cats, and uh, great dude from from Texas, and I got to know him 
pretty well because, well, first of all, he was hurt for the first couple of years of his career, so he's always on the sidelines. So we would always BS, and, and he he was always singing Merle Haggard songs. He's he's <laughs> such a cowboy. He was always singing Waylon Jennings or Merle Haggard. I'm like, man, how do you know these songs? He's like, bro, I'm from Texas, bro. I know all the good songs. So funny. But anyways, he married a, a gal. He got married really early. He married when he was like 20, 21. But I asked him about it when I was writing a senior profile about him. He's like, dude, I got it better than anybody because I don't have to worry about this girl dumping me or my buddy hitting on my girlfriend or whatever. He's like, I got it. I'm locked in. My right. mentality's great. I got, I know exactly my girlfriend's situation. I'm married to her. I, you know, come home to the same person every night. And I think that that's one thing we maybe take uh, for granted. We don't understand that there's, these guys, there's a lot of emotion that goes into just being a, a person uh, living on these campuses. And it's not always just about football and basketball. Stutel Nuanus, 102.9 ESPN Radio. One thing that he mentioned in there, and we talked about this before as this has been brought up, but you know the, the thing that has been, I think, the most compelling argument for doing something like this is this idea that, okay, so a kid who's 16, 17 years old signs a sheet of paper, and now all of a sudden they show up and maybe they were sold a bill of goods that just ain't true. Maybe it just isn't right and it's nobody's fault, but like, you know... Until you go to college, you know, I went to college out of state. I didn't I didn't go to play sports, so I did play while I was there. But it worked out wonder. It was great for me. Other kids, I remember going to high school with other kids who had no tie to, uh, uh, you know, any sport or whatever it was that they were coming into. And it just, things went bad at home. Things went bad at school. And they were, then they were gone. And it wasn't, you know, it's, it's just kind of what it is. And so... All of a sudden now you come here, you know, to whatever school it is and you are required to stay no matter what happens. And especially in light of coaches who obviously, if all of a sudden now they can triple or quintuple or dozen up, is that our word? Their salary go, you know what? See you later. And by the way, no, I got no problem with that. Yes, it's your right. profession and you want to go to the next level. You want to go where you want to go. Like go for it. Good for you. But I do think that there's a middle ground to be struck and why this would not allay all of the problems. I understand that. But why you couldn't say, look, you don't get to transfer. But if a coach for any reason, fired, leaves, retires, whatever it is, is no longer the head coach that you came in to play for, then you do. It's an automatic waiver and you can go. I think that would... I think that is a significant reason why a lot of kids go, and we know the you know the turnover of college coaches is huge, man. Like it's it, it, it's like three four years is the average. I mean it's 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 uh, it happens all the time, and so why it all of a sudden have to be a free for all? Now the one the other th- part of this too that's worth noting, and you clarify this for me, will you? Mm-hmm. It's a one time transfer waiver. Right. So your second time, if you were to transfer a second time, would presumably incur a a year that you're waiting out. Mm -hmm. So the idea that like, okay, today I'm playing at Montana, tomorrow I'm playing, you know, at William and Mary, and then, you know, as a as a as a redshirt sophomore, I'm going to UCLA for two years and then my senior year, I'm going to Duke or whatever. That's that's not what is at stake here. It is a one-time waiver, uh, but that wouldn't stop kids probably from transferring a couple. I mean, they, there's kids still transfer a couple times over the course of their college career, no doubt. And look, there are kids who it's all it's all about them. You know, there it's about them, and they believe that this is their career, and so they're going to do what's best for their career, even though they're 19. 
I do understand a lot of the angst from the the basketball coaches as well because football is a little bit different because there is even with a lot of the me ideals in the modern generation, there's still a fierce sense of team and you know chemistry and all that stuff. So much of college basketball now has become just a transactional commodity based business, and a lot of times the best teams they're not necessarily winning because. They just have this wonderful roster construction, this awesome chemistry. They're just winning because they got all the best guys. Yeah. And so I do understand the angst because, I mean, would you agree with this? I think that college, I think male college basketball players are among the most delusional portions of the population, I guess, just in terms of what they think that their ceiling is. Delusional. Delusional, right? Delusional. I mean, so many, I mean, there's so many guys. That most of the guys, the how many guys from the entire Pac-12, the entire conference, are going to be drafted? None. I mean, a couple. A couple. I, don't, I don't know. Sure, a couple, two or three dudes from the entire Pac-12 are going to be drafted into the NBA. Okay, right. So, good luck, and everybody, everybody, even in the Big Sky, now, thinks they're going the, the league. The, uh, the 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 other side of that, and this mitigates in favor of these kids, is this: I don't know of another sport culture where you still have a bigger opportunity to play professionally and be have that be your job because there's so many right. you know international places that you can go and live very well have a great life playing basketball playing your sport so even though you know we always talk about the NFL and how how much more of a path there is to the NFL and the NBA and that is true but there's a much wider path to play basketball professionally if you're willing to take the full scope of what a professional basketball player is than there is football. Yeah, playing professional football but in the United States and in Canada, that's it, that's all. So, right. You know, but if you want to go to Latvia, yes please, sign me up. You know how great your life is if you're playing <laughs> Latvia bat professionally? <laughs> oh crazy uh, yeah no i think the international experience is is a really cool one as well by the way uh side note ahmad rory just was named the rookie of the year yeah. in the uh, league that he was playing then absolutely over there which is congratulations cool. former, former grizz point guard uh, i want to get a hold of him i texted the number i have for him but obviously i don't know if he's back stateside or what but it seemed as if it was uh disconnected but uh here nor there i mean playing in playing in cyprus is a pretty good Gig. Oh, dude, get on the island in the Mediterranean? Yeah. Yeah, you, you might, it, things might be going okay for you in Cyprus. So that's an experience that I think is, is awesome. But anyways, back to this whole transfer conversation. Coaches love to, to talk about the detrimental elements of, of rule changes like this and how right. they're going to hurt them, but then oftentimes they are reluctant to talk about the strengths of the of what it is. I mean, think like how could this benefit you somehow? Yeah. I just feel like there's going to be a lot more guys coming from the Pac-12 to Montana and Montana State than going to the Pac-12 from Montana and Montana State. You know, I think that's a really good consideration, right? I mean, we've already seen it. A lot of dudes are, you know, quote unquote dropping down or whatever have moved on. And now you don't have to worry about, hey, can Michael Stedman play? Maybe you get two years of Michael Stedman instead of one. Exactly. But, you know, it's for everybody. The thing is, though, and, and I again, I think you're just so right about this. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt the bottom three quarters of all the low major conference schools significantly. And I think you're going to create sure. a pretty big imbalance 
at least initially on a lot of that stuff. And I think this is this is a scenario of the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer because a, a Pac-12 kid might go to Missoula, might go to Bozeman, maybe Eastern, maybe Ogden. Right. They're not going to Southern Utah. You know, well, so you just got more transfers than anybody. Yeah, but, but no, I, I know you, you know what I mean. Now. I mean, maybe you know, they're probably not going to to NAU or to Greeley, Colorado, to go play basketball. Even though Northern Colorado's been a, an outstanding program. Yeah, but I mean, those even those schools have gotten Pac-12 guys. You yeah. know, I mean, Andres, Idaho State. I mean, you gonna go play at Idaho State now? No, but I mean, but like Northern Colorado got Andre Spite. You know, he's a Pac-12 guy. I mean, it, it happens. It's true. So. I mean, let's be honest. At the end of the day, 80-plus percent of this still is just about who's the coach, right? Totally. I mean, it's, that's that's what's going to get kids to do whatever it is, it seems to me. And, you know, when you got coaches that are, that are, that are great at that stuff, then you're good to go. I think, I, I think Travis DeCure has benefited because he's great at this mm-hmm. and his staff and they know how to do this and they have the connections they have. I think Danny Sprinkle has benefited because he just got back to Montana State from a tour in California. He knows everything going on in California still, you know, right now. He knows the landscape of that as well as anybody and has those connections and has not just connections, but firsthand you know me. I know you. We know we like we. I know your parents. We've spent time together. Totally. Which he may not have had, you know, if he'd been here even two or three more years. So we'll see. We'll see how it all works out. Sutel Nuanas, one two nine ESPN Radio. Hey, here's what we're going to do. We got more for you from Coach Sprinkle. We're going to get you set up for episode seven and eight. We're going to do it on the other side. MJ is he the goat? Coach DeCure said yes. What did Coach Sprinkle say next? At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping customers and communities connected online. In fact, we executed our own business continuity plan, quickly mobilizing to keep our communities online with the service and experience they need. You need to stay connected, too, and we can help. From home internet to remote workforce deployments, contact Blackfoot to learn how we can help you stay connected today and in the future. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. Riding out on a Friday afternoon, heading into our weekend. And a nice one at that. Supposed to mow my grass. You said that yesterday. I did, though. How long does it even take you to mow your grass? Eight minutes? It depends what I mow. Why don't you teach your son? He's got the horsepower already. He'll, He'll break the mower. Tutel and Nuwana's 1029 ESPN Radio. <laughs> you should just have him eat the grass. He's hungry enough. Both both he and uh, <laughs> my, my middle daughter were uh, trying to help me mow by pulling grass mm, yesterday. Good, good, good. I had to say, thank you, thank you. Okay, that's enough. And then really kind of say, no, that's enough. Do you know anything about flowers? Yes. Do you have any advice on tulips? There's a tulip festival. Where is that tulip? There's a great, well, yeah, but there's a great one in Denmark or the Netherlands. One of those, 
It's like it's like just the the it's the biggest thing on earth. They got like not just like flowers like growing or whatever, but like agricultural fields of tulips, every color you can imagine, all color coordinated. Remarkable. There is a great one though in the United. It's, is it in Portland or Washington? The Tulip Festival? Maybe it's maybe it's in Washington. There's that tulip farm that's in between Portland I mean, and Washington. If you set up a tulip in a lineup of like four or five varietals of flowers, I believe I could identify to you that's the tulip. My understanding is that you can get them in a whole bunch of colors. Like I, I not my, I know, I know for a fact that they grow in varieties of colors. I don't know how easy they are to obtain. That's where my knowledge of the tulip ends. Breaking news, Adrian Wojnarowski, Woj bomb. Adam Silver told NBA players that he hopes that the playoffs would include a seven-game series in every round. He told players that those series could move faster without the need for travel. Therefore, staying in a single site is optimal. Orlando and Las Vegas still top the list. Sounds like we are getting very close to making a decision to have basketball return in late June or early July. That's a very nice piece of information. How much... How much could you condense a seven-game series by eliminating the travel? I think they take, I guess, two travel days. Mm-hmm. So basically two days mm-hmm. less. Mm-hmm. Um, you could also reduce the uh, length of it if you just have the one seed play the eight seed like right. you do and have it just be four games and over. I mean, these guys certainly um, travel in luxury. I mean... Team charters, obviously, fancy planes. But it still doesn't take away the fact that flying is hard on your body, period, no matter what. And I wonder if the quality of play will improve just because everybody is in just the same spot. I don't think it's going to improve in relation to past years because of this. Because we've had the break, yeah. that'll that'll but, disqualify it. Uh, but but that's a that's a fair point. I do like the idea, you know, it kills the home court advantage thing. Yes. And I wonder what that what effect that might have. I would I would like to think that like if if we're able to get to the NBA finals and really even the conference finals, that maybe we could do that at least in home stadiums. I mean, come on, man. Like you're gonna tell me that the Milwaukee Bucks, that Milwaukee doesn't get to host a, a, an Eastern Conference Finals or an right. NBA finals. Right. I mean, I understand, like, for me, the fan, it's certainly, you know, I'd rather watch them play than not. But, like, that's just, oh, it's crushing, man. It is if crushing. They, they, you can't go to Milwaukee. I mean, any of these cities, but especially some of those, you know, that are out there, even Toronto, whatever. All right. Should um, we parlay that into our talk about Giannis, or do you want to talk about Coach Sprinkle? Well, I, what More. I want to talk about is tulips. What? Oh, we just have tulips in our yard, and we were, they looked great, and they're not looking as good right now, so we just need some gardening advice. Well, my my things that I'm, I know, sun and water, have you tried either of those? Uh, well, it's, they're outside, so they're getting plenty of sun, Okay, and uh, I'm worried maybe we're getting too much water. Mm. It is possible to overwater. It is. Um, I know of a friend of mine who... Uh, took her child like a small uh, child to the hospital didn't seem like this infant uh, young child some months old was feeling great and uh the 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 doctors got there well yeah your child 
didn't have heat stroke, but was like completely overheating because the the mother, bless her, every time she was cold, like just put another blanket on the baby, and this kid is just sweltering yes. under nine blankets. So it is possible to you're you're sitting here trying to do your best, take care of this kid. I'm a little chilly. Maybe this kid's a little chilly. <laughs> the kid's frying. The the tulips like please enough with the flood. Yes, you know exactly. Yeah, I, I'm I'm I'm. Uh, it's probably become apparent that I'm probably not the resource for that one. Mm, mm-hmm. It's two tell Nuanas, one hundred two nine ESPN Radio. Sure, let's talk about Giannis. You go ahead, set this up. We'll talk about Danny Sprinkle and MJ in the next segment. Okay. The first of all, as we know. The Bucks probably have among, if not the most, to lose if the NBA season doesn't come back. Yes. And even if it does come back, if it's like you were just saying, if it's in Las Vegas or Orlando, what a robbery for the people of Milwaukee. Do, do we agree that city and organizationally, it is Milwaukee that that would be the worst, the hardest hit by the season ending? Do we agree on that? It's Milwaukee or Utah, probably, but but I don't think Utah has oh. a realistic shot to win it. I, I was just thinking yeah. of sm- small metropolitan, small cities that I mean. Were you thinking so, of that like economically? I just meant economically, and also just you know, the, the smaller the city, the bigger the show. The bigger the show, the more popular you are. I mean, totally. Salt Lake City is not that big of a city, right? Absolutely. And so, but the Jazz are. I guess what I'm saying is, millions of people in Los Angeles love the Lakers, but also millions of people don't. Yeah. There's not millions of people in Salt Lake, and even if you don't love the Jazz, everybody knows about the Jazz. It's, it's, it's a point show. of talking, uh, you know. Every, no it's a communal question. thing. But and I mean, I guess Milwaukee point. is such an interesting one because it's not a very big city either. But as we know, Wisconsin has such amazing sports fans because cold area places like that. Yeah, I mean, it's what we do. But also, the Jazz have been there. Like they've been good recently, and they've been good historically. I mean, they've been good pretty much all the time I mean, since yeah. they moved to Salt so, Lake. So right? I mean, you go back to Jerry Sloan. Milwaukee's sure. been. Not good since they, so they had, finally like you know since they traded Luel Cinder. So this, I mean, this is crushing. So anyhow, anyway, yes. so as we know, Giannis Antetokounmpo is up for a new contract, new contract next summer. Mm-hmm. The supermax deal that the Milwaukee Bucks could offer him it would be absolutely record setting. I mean, I think two hundred sixty four million is what the number is right now. And and if I'm not mistaken, that is fifty million dollars more than, than what any other team would be allowed to offer. That is the nature of the Supermax. But you could do a sign and trade. And that would also be the first time that it ever happened. Somebody sign a Supermax and then get traded away. So in other words, you do the sign and trade so he gets so that money he gets the then- money. And so now there's rumors swirling around the NBA circles, and, and several reporters have put some feelers out there and speculation out there that the Golden State Warriors have long coveted Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yes, and that them and 28 other teams. Well, sure, but they're actually the ones that have the assets that maybe could trade for him, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so... What, what would it be? Clay what? Thompson and Draymond Green is one of the proposed... I don't know. So I guess I, I, I mean I, that's not even close. To I have me. I have two questions. Not for even you. close. I have two questions for yeah. you. Is there such thing as an untradeable player? Yes, I agree. And he's one of a couple in the league, right? I mean, who's the most untradeable player in the league? Him, right? <sighs> yeah, I, I I really think so. He's the most untradeable player in the league. Now, the one caveat I'll say after I say there is such a thing as an untradeable player, 
they're, everybody is tradable if it has become clear that they are not willing to stay here anymore. And sure. so you're trying to salvage what is going to be a complete loss if they just walk out the door. But, yes, I think Giannis, his skill set, his age um, is the most untradable player in the NBA today. I think Steph Curry is, is there, mm-hmm. but he's older. Uh, has a little bit of an injury history. Um, I think LeBron is is still very much in that category. I think especially from an ownership standpoint, LeBron maybe tops them all just because of what the, the, the money associated with him being on your team represents. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, uh, Giannis is, is, is as, as I quickly give a mental survey of the 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 top players in the league it's probably him uh you know zion is in terms of right now zion might top the list just because he's so cheap and and, and, you know so on but you know yeah complete side note here but one thing that i haven't considered i was just i just googled Giannis, and and one of the headlines that popped up is a quote from him saying that um Leading Greece to a gold medal in the Olympics would mean as much to him as winning a, mm-hmm. a NBA championship. That's one thing that we haven't really considered because, as we know, the Olympics in men's basketball have been dominated by basically the USSR, a.k.a. Russia, and America for all time, except for that one Olympic Games where Spain and Argentina had to come up. And Spain's been the rival power to America over the last 20 years. But it's really not really been ever in question besides the dysfunctional uh, – it's either 2000 or 2004 Olympic yeah. team that just – there's the one team that couldn't get it done. Other than that, the United States has always had the dominant team. But you wonder – Giannis is so good. Could you? And there's a couple other Greek guys in the NBA. Could they make a run at the gold medal? I mean – And I, if, the, if they did, how legendary would that be? I right. mean, leading a non-power like that to a gold medal would be uh, unreal. The issue is – not the issue, but is the next best player on the Greece, Grecian national team also Antetokounmpo? Antetokounmpo, how am I doing? Pretty good. His brother, right? Right. And and so that's great. Like you get that, but like if that's the if that's the disparity between the best player who let's say he's the best player in the NBA for the sake of argument, and then another guy who's just on a roster in the NBA, and then who's the third best player? So I I think it's a I think it's a real long – I mean, I think it's a long shot, okay, to say the least, even with Giannis on your team. But if you have the best player on earth, you always got to look, right? You always have some sort of chance of getting it done. And I think it also matters that when you're playing for your country, like everybody, uh, 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 you know, has – you know, I think feels a certain – way a certain respect about when you're playing for a team or something like that as opposed to when you put on a national jersey and you know you're playing for your homeland whatever wherever that may be uh but i also think that you know greece has gone through some very difficult times in if you take like just look at Giannis's life and his upbringing i don't know what his upbringing has been good bad or other in greece for him personally but nationally very difficult in Greece, and I know that 
you know, when you play for folks who have played for countries that have been through turmoil, it seems to have an even added level of sort of emotional import for them when they're competing in the Olympics and whatever it might be. And that matters in the in the field of play, man. Like if if you are, you know, if you're out here because, you know, you're an NBA all-star and this is just sort of your summer league and you're excited to do it, certainly, and you're working hard and all that, but, you know, this is this is the next season of basketball and it happens to be an Olympic year as opposed to, you know, you're coming from, you know, Slovenia, Latvia, whatever it might be that have gone through some tough times, Greece, and now you're you're out here representing your people, especially when you don't live there, right? Like... It's it's interesting how much uh, uh, how can I say this? If you if you if, you know American expats that I've come across, or when I've been out of the country for an extended period of time, when you get back to the United States, you're like, wow, Starbucks is pretty great. Like it's kind of nice to just be here and do the, right, get a latte. Right, right. How about that? And uh, and you you know it, it it just carries a different level of perspective uh, when you've been gone. And I you know think that would matter in an olympic year you had a second question have you lost it because i've rambled on all this time about Giannis. well no my two questions were are there such things as an untradeable player and is is Giannis the most untradeable player in the league Mm. in terms of uh olympic history since 1936 when men's basketball became olympic sport 16 gold medals won by the united states three by the soviet union slash russia one by yugoslavia Mm. in uh, 1980 in the Moscow games, I cannot believe that there was an Olympics in Russia in 1980 uh, that Russia didn't win (laughs) the gold medal. (laughs) Another completely sidetracked, but have you ever heard the story of or seen highlights of the 1972 Olympic gold gold medal game? Yeah, of course. I mean, the the six-time replaying of the... six, but it was like I mean, they replayed the last 30-whatever seconds over and over and over again. we got to reset this thing. Yep, yep. Doug Collins, uh, his uh, recollections of that... Man, it's brutal. It's brutal. Yep. Totally brutal. And then the one uh, besides those powers, Argentina 2004, the only other gold medalist. I Good really man. hope for the balance of the NBA that Giannis stays in Milwaukee. Um, I, I completely agree with that broadly, and I would also say this specifically. I have enjoyed, as I think many have, watching Golden State play basketball. I think they have ushered in a, a style of basketball that – We've maybe seen the style before, but just not up to the level with the style that they played over several years as they won three championships in four years. And to watch that group of guys, obviously the shooters that they are and Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, but what what it was to have Draymond Green and Kevin Durant working into that was a a thing of absolute basketball beauty. And I still root for that. Like, I'm still looking forward to that. I still expect Golden State next year to be outstanding. By the way, another asset we didn't talk about is the potential number one overall pick. But the uh, if they were to get Giannis, I would hate it. And it wouldn't make me hate Golden State. If you're the Golden State Warriors and you could get Giannis sent into Kumpo, never going to happen for me. You're never going to not do it. I mean, you'd be, you're just never going to not do it. And a lot of people hated it that Kevin Durant went there. I, I, I didn't particularly. But that was also on Kevin Durant. If, if they went and just, just got him, got Giannis, and obviously they're going to lose 
Draymond and Steph, presumably at least. Draymond and Clay. Draymond and Clay, excuse yeah, they me. Ain't yeah. Steph no, Curry. no, exactly. Um, you know, that's it changes the dynamic of the team. It's not just adding this other, you know, deal to it. But I think him being in Milwaukee is really good for the NBA, man, broadly. Not just, you know, not just that he's not with the Warriors, but that he is on a small market team like that. You know, I think I think it's great for the league to have dudes that you have to watch play in Memphis, Damian in Portland, guy, you know, D- Donovan Mitchell to some extent in Utah, that these guys, these marquee players. And that's why they did the Supermax deal. Like, that's why they put a clause in there that you can make an extra $50 million if you stay, which is a pretty good incentive to stay. Like you could talk to me all day long. Well, if you're making two hundred ten million, what does it matter if you're making two hundred sixty? Well, it matters fifty million dollars is what it matters. <laughs> right. You know, so uh, it's it's it, I I think it's a good rule and it has worked some. We'll see if it work. This this is to me the biggest test of the supermax yet. Absolutely. It's two tell Nuanas, one hundred two ninety ESPN Radio. Okay, should we talk about the goat and Danny Sprinkle? Do it right after this. At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping customers and communities connected online. In fact, we executed our own business continuity plan, quickly mobilizing to keep our communities online with the service and experience they need. You need to stay connected, too, and we can help. From home internet to remote workforce deployments, contact Blackfoot to learn how we can help you stay connected today and in the future. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. Boys and girls, it's a Friday. It's 2 Tell Nuanas. It's 1029 ESPN Radio, and it is great to be with you. It's a beautiful day. Hopefully going to be a nice weekend. Hope, again, big tip of the cap. Loves, hugs, all the things to all the mothers out there. Appreciate you very much. And uh, we're thinking of you this weekend, celebrating you on Sunday, of course. Uh, if you would like to listen to the podcast, you can do so Anywhere you would like to, whatever your favorite podcasting platform is, you just search to tell Nuanas, rate, review, subscribe. It'll be available to you. Podcast out there, thanks to Blackfoot. All right, we've been talking about Coach Sprinkle, and, uh, you know, Sundays, episodes seven and eight of The Last Dance will be on ESPN. Uh, a nice little Mother's Day evening cap, it seems to me. Maybe you can record it, watch it later. And I mean, you know, my mom's loving this, loving it. So. It's all so good. Mine. It's all good. Uh, so let's hear. We heard Travis DeCure talk about whether or not MJ was the GOAT. There was very little room for debate in his answer. Where does Danny Sprinkle stand on it? Do you have a, a stance on the uh, Jordan is the GOAT versus any You're of the You're damn right I got a stance. And, the, and all of our players, they all think I'm crazy because they're all LeBron. They think everybody – no, Michael Jordan, that's the GOAT. And I tell them, I find out any stat, anything I can get, and I send it to all of our players. Anything about MJ, I'll send it to them. And even a couple of them, like Xavier Bishop, who's the biggest LeBron fan ever, and he's from Illinois. And uh, so I, we'll send him, we'll go back and forth all day. He'll send me LeBron stats and 
And uh, but I think these young guys now that didn't get a chance to see Jordan, like they're realizing it was a whole different level of competitiveness, and the way the game was played back then was completely different from a physical standpoint and the game wasn't as open and free-flowing, especially for an offensive player. And I think I saw some stat where they said nowadays Jordan's numbers would translate to averaging like 45 points a game in today's NBA. Now, see, I don't – now, that's a stat that's free of context right there. I don't know where that where that exactly comes from. I'm not saying it's not true. I just know how you calculate that sort of thing. Maybe it's total points scored or whatever, you know, the deal is. Can we, can we go back – Way back, right, in the NBA, it used to be a 60-minute game. It was 15-minute quarters. Right. Now, I realized then the three-point line was added. I do think there was a space of time, though. Like the Showtime Lakers, I think, were playing 60-minute games with a three-point line. So uh, talk about maximizing your scoring potential, you know, and right. and, and stats along those lines. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, like the year Wilt Chamberlain averaged 50 points per game. He also played 50 minutes a game. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a lot of overtimes. It's a lot of overtimes. <laughs> to go ahead and do that. But in any case, uh, he's the GOAT. DeCure says so. Sprinkle says so. Tutel says so. Man, so that, 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 that branch rod is getting thinner and thinner as we go, Coulter. <laughs> Episode 7 and 8, Sunday night. Oh, I think Michael Jordan is absolutely the greatest. He's the greatest athlete in American sports history. Okay. But you're still not saying it. You're not. You cannot bring yourself to actually say Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time. Well, because I think LeBron James is better at basketball, but Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time. I I I understand your nuance there, and I accept that. That's fine. That's not contradictory. It's just incorrect. Michael Jordan is inhuman because of his drive, competitive nature, his ability to handle being famous, his charisma. He's superhuman in all of those ways. But LeBron, to be anointed as the prodigy that he was and then to endure and exceed expectations for nearly 20 years and to never get hurt, but more than any of that, LeBron James has the ability to see what's going to happen in a sporting event before it happens, better than any other athlete that's ever lived. Would you agree with that? No, I wouldn't. You really wouldn't? No, I wouldn't. Man, what does a guy got to do? I mean, LeBron I, James is two steps ahead of everybody at all times. Larry Bird, Magic Ooh. Johnson, Le- Michael Jordan. I'm not saying I'm not saying that they are clearly better in this in this you know category of of greatness, but I'm saying all the great ones see it somewhat better than everybody else and certainly i mean you talk about like the all-time passers in the league which lebron is an all-time passer in the league no question no i'm not i'm not in disagreement lebron james is is again he's the best passer in the history of the nba he's not the best point guard he's not the best facilitator a lot of those guys were way better more creative and everything but in terms of the actual fundamental action of passing a basketball lebron james is the best passer in nba history okay he gives it to you, laces up in the pocket. I mean, he gave Ray Allen about 500 free three-pointers during his, their time together. And, and that's and that's great, and he should be given credit for that. That is a relatively slender pie, uh, slice of the pizza pie when it comes to the whole of a basketball player, which LeBron checks every box. What? He's, the, he's the one guy, not even Michael Jordan can say this, right? They can play 
all five positions, both directions. I mean, I don't know that you could even say that about Magic Johnson, who's probably the next closest in the category, because especially when there was a true center, I don't know that him Ding up a true center is going to go that well for Magic Johnson. Although he did play center in the 1980 finals and won yeah. the finals MVP as a rookie. Uh, I, I guess the best way I could say it is that Michael Jordan is absolutely peerless. But if you were to take the names and faces away from it and you were to say, all right, kid, th- here's the most complete basketball player of all time. Like the, LeBron James is perfect in the, his ability to do everything. Yeah, I mean, he he's his the breadth of his skill set is is pretty uh, remarkable. I also think this is worth noting: Michael Jordan's mid range is just so stupid; it's beyond. Oh, it's so stupid! Oh, and, and I'm not trying to take but, anywhere. But, Jordan, Jordan is. I mean, he's unbelievable, man. Watching him in the, this documentary it just reminds you, and that's why I'm happy that uh, the younger generation does get to see him. And and right now, I mean. 50% of Jordan's career points would all be bad shots in the NBA today. No question. And a lot of he, times there are bad shots even then. I don't think people realize this, though. Michael Jordan, when he went to college to play at North Carolina, there still was no three-point line. Right. Like, it's just taken for granted that the thing is there. It, it, like, we're talking about Michael Jordan now didn't grow up even having the idea that we're going to shoot for three. So when he makes six three-pointers and a half, this is like a brand new thing. Not brand new. I mean, by that time, you know, it has been been going for a decade. But you understand what I'm saying. It's such a different thing. You want to pick up golf when you're 20 or when you're five. You know what I mean? It just it just is the, the difference of everything. And so I think – it would have been interesting to me to see what he would have developed in that respect if that had been a, a, a reality for the for the duration of his basketball playing days. He averaged 11.7 made field goals per game. That's amazing. Imagine if guys like James Harden and Steph Curry averaged 11.7 made shots per game. They would score 45 points a game. Yeah. Well, James Harden scored 90. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's going 45 of 50 from the line. Right. So he had a dozen buckets, nine of which are threes. It's a big night. It's a big night. I'm excited to see where this documentary takes its next turn. So it will uh, certainly be well interesting. Seven and eight tomorrow night uh, at seven and eight. The time and the episodes are uh, mirroring in the Mountain Time Zone uh, tomorrow on ESPN Television and ESPN2. Uh, we will see about retirement number one, about some baseball. And, uh, yeah, that's going to be very good. After a nice day with our mothers and uh, wives and so on and so forth. So, again, happy Mother's Day to everybody out there. Fun week. Great to be with all of you. Thanks for being with us. Tutel and Nuanas on ESPN Radio. Enjoy your weekend. We'll be back with you on Monday. Till then, good night. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, 
your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.